Welcome to the Horror Unmasked podcast, where we unmask the monsters and, and explore, explore the lore. lore. I'm Amber. And I'm Lily. And today we will be dissecting Saw and Saw 10. Let's, Let's play a game. Saw. The movie begins as a man named Adam wakes up in a bathtub and emerges to find himself locked up in a pitch black room. While he begins to freak out, we hear another man, Dr. Lawrence Gordon, inside the room with him, also locked up. Suddenly, the lights turn on, and we see that the guys are in a grimy bathroom with a dead man on the floor, covered in blood, with a gun and a tape recorder. The men listen to the tape, saying that if Dr. Gordon does not kill Adam by six o'clock, then his wife and daughter will die. The guys both then begin to work together to find clues to escape. In a bag hidden in the toilet, the guys find two saws. Trying to cut their chains with the saws, Dr. Gordon realizes that the saws are to cut through their feet. Ugh. That's so gross. Ugh. Mm -hmm. And he says he might know who did this to them. We then get a flashback to multiple people dying in gruesome, elaborate traps where each victim had a chance to escape or be brutally killed under a timer. Next, we see Dr. Gordon called down to the police station, suspected for killing the people in the traps and being the guy they call Jigsaw. A woman named Amanda is brought in, who was a survivor of the traps. During her trap, Amanda wakes up tied to a chair with a strange device connected to her head and jaw. A television turns on, and a creepy puppet named Billy tells her that he wants to play a game, then gives her the rules of how she can win. If she loses, the device breaks her face open. Back in the bathroom, Dr. Gordon tries to show Adam a picture of his family in his wallet and tosses it to him where instead he finds a picture of his family tied up at gunpoint and another clue. Adam pretends like the picture isn't there and tosses the wallet back, taking the picture and hiding it from Gordon. In another flashback, the detective who brought Gordon in, obsessed over all of the jigsaw cases, listens to tapes and watches videos. When he discovers a fire alarm linking the video to an old mannequin factory. The detective and his partner go check it out without backup and discover Jigsaw's lair. With traps designed and almost uncover Jigsaw himself, before the detective's partner is shot and the detective just barely escapes. Now the detective obsesses even more with cameras on Dr. Gordon's home, pictures everywhere, and more crime scene investigation clues. In the bathroom, Adam tells Gordon about the clue, helping them find a box hidden behind the wall with cigarettes and a cell phone, as well as a note for Gordon that tells him to use the blood on the floor from the dead man on one of the cigarettes because the blood is poisonous. Adam also fesses up about the photo of Gordon's family being captured. Gordon turns the light off and discusses something secret to Adam, because there are cameras in the room and someone is watching. 
Adam takes the cigarette not dipped in blood and pretends to die, but is electrocuted by his chains, proving he's alive. Isn't that just a bullshit mm -hmm. failsafe? You fake dying and get zapped. Oh, well, you're well, not. You're not dead. The cell phone begins to ring, and Gordon's wife and daughter are on the other end. Gordon's wife tells him that Adam can't be trusted, and that he's known who he was the entire time. Gordon confronts Adam, who tells Gordon that he's been following him and gathering evidence of his infidelity. What? Mm -hmm. For shame. Dr. Gordon realizes that the man who hired Adam was the obsessive detective. Spoiler warning. Skip ahead. It is now six, and Adam is not dead yet. The man who captured Dr. Gordon's family goes to kill them, but first has his wife call him to tell him that he failed. But right after she tells him, she grabs the gun and knocks their attacker to the ground. The attacker fights back and gunshots go off. The detective is set up across the street and comes over to see what the commotion is all about. All Gordon can hear is gunshots and screaming as his wife and daughter escape. The attacker leaves and the detective follows to a strange abandoned building. After a struggle, the attacker kills the detective. Gordon All loses. of that for nothing. Yeah, all literally of that for all of that for nothing. Gordon loses his mind, not knowing what happened to his family as the phone rings again, but is just out of reach. Gordon snaps and saws off his own foot in the most grody scene ever. Yeah. Real gross. He grabs the gun and shoots Adam, begging for his family. The attacker comes into the bathroom, saying Gordon is too late, and tries to shoot him as well. Before he can, Adam knocks the attacker to the ground and kills him with the toilet tank. Toilet tank. You gave yourself a tongue twister there. Toilet tank. Before he can, Adam is still alive and knocks the attacker to the ground, killing him with the toilet tank lid. Disgusting. Really disgusting. It really just smashes his face in. It's, mm -hmm. mm. Gordon goes to get help before he bleeds to death. When he is gone, Adam finds another tape in the attacker's pocket and discovers that he was also just a piece in the game. The attacker was given poison, and if he didn't play by the rules and capture Gordon's family, he would die. After listening to the tape, the dead man on the floor gets up and peels a prosthetic off of his face, revealing himself to be one of Dr. Gordon's patients named John Kramer, dying of brain cancer. John turns the light off on Adam and before he closes the door says, Game over. The end. Some hard ass shit, man. For real, for real. Oh, alrighty, alrighty, alrighty. So... This film was released October 29th, 2004. My dad be Um, Directed by James Wan. Ooh, ooh. Oh, we're doing two James Wan franchises in a row, basically. Literally. Distributed by Lionsgate and Lionsgate Home Entertainment. Mm -hmm. I have their budget and box office. Yeah, go for it. So their budget was $1.2 mm -hmm. which doesn't seem like a whole lot. No, it's not. Not at all. But their box office was $103.9 million. A slay. That's a lot. That's a lot compared to like what they actually did for it. And trust me, with the notes yeah. that I have, 
it it was a budget film yeah it was a budget film it was it really was heckle beckle yeah well you want to it's love lovely castles well first Mm -hmm. the yeah it's it's kind of long it's almost two hours of the hundred minute exact Mm. runtime it only got a 50% on Rotten Tomatoes as well. Not 100% shocked. I mean, it's Me neither. older I mean, and it's had a lot of time to ruminate, literally. Yeah. Yeah. Well, we have our main actors. We have Tobin Bell as Jigsaw. We have Carrie Elwes as Dr. Gordon. Lee Winnell as Adam. Shawnee Smith as Amanda. Michael Emerson as Zepp or the attacker. I never actually named him. Yeah. And then Danny Glover, who is the detective detective tap yeah Alrighty. give me some give me some notes yeah i got a lot of shit give me some background uh, there was a lot so the entire movie itself was shot in 18 days that's it that's it that's it shot crazy in 18 days not including the 400 dollars in reshoots that juan and 1l did on their own one and one l that's funny yeah it works out when one of your you know key actors is got the a fun cre- name to work with you yeah creators too mm-hmm. like adam is lee one l who helped james wan write this story literally it's kind of fun because it's it's it makes me think about the way that the information that i got makes it sound like me it makes it sound like a like self-directed indie film Mm -hmm. the way the notes are because like yeah many of the victims that you see in those like flashbacks were played by friends of the production oh yeah so that's awesome for example i would have loved to be part of that you know the the one guy who who dies in the mess of razors like the barbed wire Mm-hmm. literally played by a guy who used to play hockey with one of the producers <laughs> just nice literally and well the- it's not i don't it's not very hard to be like yeah all right well now climb through some stuff and scream uh, yeah but it's also so that's well, also- actually hmm it is oh because it's they had a whole thing they have a whole thing maybe i'm biased in the next actor. in the next movie there's a whole the next movie that we're gonna talk about it there's a whole thing about it oh okay whole thing mm-hmm. about fear and portraying it properly okay yeah. okay give everybody <laughs> an acting lesson yeah it's how their face displays it mm. it's fascinating so in order to save money in set design and props some of the sets specifically the police station were shot on location where other productions had built similar sets so um using other police style sets um juan actually had had a crush on the actress shawnee smith fair enough she's hot since he was a teenager and when his casting director asked him who he wanted to cast as amanda he offhandedly suggested smith and it she just ended up being available amazing for it that's so awesome and now she's in she's like a pivotal character in the whole thing Mm -hmm. uh which is pretty freaking awesome to think about that like oh that was my teenage crush oh shit she's now working for me on a movie that i'm one of the most important characters in yeah in this entire uh soon to be 11 part franchise damn 
<laughs> and we thought Amityville was 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 long. We're getting there. We're getting there. Yeah. Amityville's got 17 movies. That's just insane. Mm-hmm. So, okay. It's like how many t- like how many ways can you kill a person basically? Literally. That's literally what this It's 101 ways is. to kill somebody. Uh, yeah, 101 ways to Yeah. Ki- yeah. Yep. Kill a human. For real. Whew. So, in the most grody ways possible. In order to pitch the film to producers, mm-hmm. Juan and Winnell had both the jaw trap and mm-hmm. Billy, the mm-hmm. puppet, mm-hmm. created to shoot one scene, proof of concept. And then when it came time to shoot the actual movie, they used the same puppet from the production rather than building a new one. Mm-hmm. So I thought that was really nice that mm-hmm. that's kind of like a touchstone for them. Yeah. For where they started with that. And then there was a, a I found one thing that was about um, people when they would like when they watch the movie. And this, and it was like, if people walked out of the film, it was usually during the jaw trap scene. Really? Yeah. Usually that was the thing that sent people. But he also talked about that they heard about someone who threw up during the movie. Oh, my God. And they were like, that. no one ever told us what scene it was, but we believe it was probably when he was sawn off his foot. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I was like, yeah, that makes sense because that scene was gross. Mm-hmm. That scene was gross. For 2004 special effects, it wasn't that bad. No. No. Not at all. Gore is... Gore is it. Which is so crazy because now everybody's so desensitized to all those things. Yeah. And I mean, not everything. I won't say that. Not everybody's desensitized. Yeah. But a good majority of us... I would say. Are used to it. Mm -hmm. It's not that like, you know, it doesn't psychologically affect us. Like it makes me think about, did you ever hear about the, um, I forgot what year it was in, but the radio play that happened, like one of the first couple of radio plays that ever happened was about like an alien alien invasion (laughs) and they, and the people thought it was real. Oh my gosh. Because it was over the radio. They didn't realize it was a radio play. I would think it was real. And they legit, there were people who literally believed that there was an alien invasion. I hardcore believe in aliens. As you know, me and my roommates just had like a... Aliens, yes. Ghosts. Hmm. What? (laughs) What do you mean? You literally called yourself a skeptic. No, I'm skeptical about aliens as well. Like I'm not... We're all skeptical about it. Because it's like, I'm not going to believe in anything unless I see it. Yeah. You know? But there's a guarantee we are literally, there's no fucking way possible that we are the only things Mm -hmm. out there. And even if I do see it, you know, believe half of what you see, nothing of what you hear. So don't worry. When we get to Alien franchise, have fun with that. We'll get, Mm -hmm. we'll get all into the the conspiracies. Hell yeah. And then nope. We'll, we'll just. Oh yeah. For sure. Have an alien time. Yeah. Oh yeah. Alien-tastic. (laughs) So, uh, you know the scene when Lawrence is tucking in his daughter yeah. in bed? Mm-hmm. The the boom operator, you can actually, see, in the original cut, you could see him in the mirror. <laughs> and they didn't notice it until afterwards. So he wow. had to be digitally removed oh, gosh. from the scene. Yeah. Because it was just like, he was full, full on in view. <laughs> right there in he the mirror. Is, he is the 
person in and her no closet. one noticed yeah not a single person noticed and i think that was really kind of funny mm-hmm. and that was actually one of only two cgi visual effects in the film and one of them was a mistake one of them was a mistake <laughs> that's yep. hilarious yep. Because many of the scary elements of the film, including creepy clowns and waking up to discover someone is watching you. Not fun. Are personal fears of Juan and Juanel. Both of them? Mm-hmm. That is some, that is some personal f- fears of theirs. Yeah. I mean, if you want to make something scary, I, going off of what you're afraid of is... Yeah. That's how you know it's probably going to be good because you... You, know, you have a touchstone. You have a basis You are for scared it. of it. So you see how it is scary so you're you can make it feel that way because your own imagination takes yes. such control over those kinds of fears mm-hmm. it's easier for you to visually exactly, manifest yes. it in a film and i think that's kind of interesting to use your own kind of mm-hmm. fear not against yourself but kind of like as a tool and i think that's kind yeah. of fun to mm-hmm. be able to do that exactly yeah so in the very first shot of the film where he wakes up in the tub, where Adam wakes up in the tub of water. Yes. Was shot on the first day. Yeah. Because, like, even though he wrote the script, it was only when he was on set that Wanell realized they didn't have the money in the budget for a stuntman to do the underwater scene. Oh. So. Yeah. Wanell just had to. He just had to, day one, boom. Buck up the and first, go for it. The first thing. And there's some pretty fascinating stuff. So, okay. Here's a gross one. It's about to poop. It's about to toilet. That's okay. It is. It still grosses me out. Oh. Because even thinking about what it is now, it's still gross. Because of it being in a toilet. Because the it was partially melted chocolate. Uh-huh. That was in the toilet. To make it look like poop. <laughs> it was partially melted chocolate. Ew. It still just feels gross to my soul. Yeah. I hate that he really had to stick his hand in there. He put his hand. He really put his hand in there. He really put his hand in there. Like, okay, there's a heart on the tank part. Yeah, you would think you'd look in the tank. I would look in the tank first. Before I put my hand hand in in shitty water. Yeah. Hell no. Yeah. That is last resort. Granted, the water in the tank probably isn't all that great either, but it's better than... The tank would be cleaner. Shit. Comparatively. It would be. I'm like... Oh. Gross. But also to think that you just stuck your hand in a partially melted wet chocolate is also mm-hmm. gross. Mm-hmm. Eh. It's not great. So our two main protagonists are obviously tied to pipes. With chains on their feet. Yeah. Um, that electrocute them. Yeah. So they actually had rubber lining so that the metal wouldn't actually cut into okay. that that's nice uh it was still painful mm. yeah but it wasn't as damaging as it could have been mm-hmm. and then so jigsaw's quote quote second victim which was the charred corpse oh the guy with all the the gasoline or was it no it was like a it was um like a candle type yeah material yes that he was covered in yes oh it was um it was kind of he had like a, a thing that was on him mm-hmm. that he that was flammable yeah if he got too close to the fires mm-hmm. yeah, yeah yeah this the second victim is the only dummy oh so that scene of the charred corpse they're really working on a budget legit 
Mm-hmm. Like the way that it sounds, it sounds like if I was doing it a, a little, one of my little indie films. Yeah. With the way that they talk yeah. about this, their stuff, which is crazy. Well, I mean, I have a little bit of information on that later. Yeah. And then the guts of Amanda's victim, essentially, you know, in that scene where yeah. she's, you know, mm-hmm. was was actually pig's uterus. Yeah, I knew that they, they, I knew it was going to be pig and yeah, I knew it was going to be real bought at the local chinese grocer mm. so that was all up in that gross real gross real real gross well i thought they said that was the only dummy they could afford so was that a real guy and well, they just had like the well there that's well amanda's victim mm-hmm. so so different dude yeah i know the charred guy was like the only dummy they could afford so did they just have this guy like it was a prosthetic okay yeah setup mm-hmm. going on for that one and then almost the entire film was shot indoors, including the poor man's car chase scene near the end, all <laughs> the, indoors. The, that car chase scene was so funny to me because it reminded me of like the Nicki Minaj song where it's like, a dun, 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 dun. and then everybody puts those like videos to it where people are like speeding. That's oh, what it reminded oh, yeah. me of. Oh, yeah. They said that part of the reason why was for budget reasons, mm-hmm. why everything was shot indoors but it also gave the movie a sense of claustrophobia because it was mainly all interiors. Not uh, I... almost one hundred percent of the film was done on interiors. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, because there were only three shots, all of them involving a vehicle driving up and parking in front of a building, mm-hmm. were shot with the camera outside. So there were only three shots that were really taken outside. Mm-hmm. I thought that scene was kind of funny. I'm not going to lie to you. Oh, yeah. Because... There's a reason it's called the poor man's car chase. Not even that. It's just... These two people just escaped. This wife and daughter just escaped. Yep. This attacker, Zep, yep. runs downstairs, gets into his car, and drives away, and so does the detective. Like... You know to an uh, unknown well, cause location because I mean, isn't it that because i don't think because he's not the detective anymore he's no not, he was fired he was fired let's for make the that shitty clear yeah, yeah he was fired because he went to the building so with his partner is, without is a loose term backup. yeah yeah because he got his partner killed yeah um that's why dude that scene was fucked up <laughs> when his partner dies that shit's fucked literally it's his partner walks through a doorway and just above him are like, I don't know, like six, like a shotgun, sh- six fucking shotguns that just he he hits the trip wire and just all of them go boom. And just that I man know how is you ribbons. Remember that? Because going through this, I like I thought he exploded somehow. Nah, man, his ass got fucked up by some shotguns. Yeah. And I didn't remember that it was shotguns until I was rewatching it. That for... man got a sh- I don't know if it was six, but that man shredded it was a lot it was a lot that man shredded it was a lot it was a lot so one of the scenes in the bathroom called for adam and and lawrence to cut through pipes on the wall Mm -hmm. however this was dropped in the end like it was dropped from the film not just because they didn't want to start suggesting the characters could cut through the pipes that they were chained to but because the set would move a lot when they started to saw. <laughs> so it was like, well, we don't want the set to shake. Then it's going to get real obvious. That's not the so set we're just... to shake. That's how you know. That's how you know they budget, That's bitches. That's how you know. That's how you know they're budget, oh bitches. Oh, my gosh. 
That's hilarious. <laughs> Like, that's so funny. we can't we can't do this sawing scene what's be- funny is because it'll shake the set that means you know any recreation of this set like they is is better than the original like, uh, facts full facts if it shakes by trying to fake saw some pipes and to think that this fucking movie spawned a world a whole mm-hmm. other mm-hmm. franchise of existence yep this budget ass bitch movie yeah <laughs> spawned an entire type of movie yeah wild absolutely wild so in the early bathroom scenes which was pretty cool because it has to do with how they actually filmed each of the characters mm-hmm. so juan made sure that when Lawrence was in the shots, when, when most of Lawrence's shots were done, mm-hmm. they were very controlled and steady. While shots of Adam, Adam were handheld and shaky in order to match the character's personalities. At the end of Gordon, does it get shaky? Yeah. Because he loses his Because he starts mind. to go crazy because he's like, I've just lost my whole family. Yeah. And he has no idea that they survived. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, motherfucker saws off his foot and yeah. just like i don't care anymore yeah man saws his foot off mm. i mean <laughs> we know what end of the stick he got so you know yeah you'll have to just wait for that that's crazy result <laughs> which is insane um Let's and just say kramer hates his guts basically well kramer hates his guts but in one of the most recent you know one of those last few episodes we're gonna do there's gonna be a revelation of some crazy shit regarding lawrence yeah so also this is the really cool thing Mm -hmm. that happened while they were filming was that all of the scenes of adam and lawrence in the bathroom were shot in chronological order over the course of six days so this helped the actors stay in character through the reveals and and avoided continuity jumps especially like the spreading of the pool of blood under Mm -hmm. john Mm -hmm. so i thought that was pretty cool because it most times when you hear about a movie oftentimes from what i remember they tend to film like the end they 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 tend to like they jump around a lot, but I know that like either the e- like they might film the beginning and the end, and then they'll film interspersed, and then if they need to do reshoots, it's it's all over the place. Yeah, because I remember you even- don't film a movie in chronological order. That's not usually how it works. Yeah, because even when we were doing um, Candyman, mm. the comment about the fact that they would have to take off and put back on and take off and put yeah. back on like mm-hmm. different levels of makeup based on yeah. what scenes they were doing is crazy mm-hmm. so, like you film basically what you have in that moment so like if you have many scenes in one area but they're yeah. at different times that's usually what you're gonna film all at once exactly just because it's easier that way and you don't have to worry about coming back yeah. to a set and moving around all the things that you need and exactly it's and i think this is a cool concept i would love to see someone now do this yeah like forcibly be like okay we are filming this in chronological order we Mm -hmm. are not doing it any other way Mm -hmm. and i would love to see like a those big those big guys do it i think that'd be really really cool yeah so 
there the hidden camera in the bathroom with adam and lawrence Mm -hmm. is actually a cheat because there's no camera that would have a wide enough lens yeah to see the entire room with one shot no it's just not possible and i know that and i was sitting there like photographer i sure as shit know that i was sitting like that doesn't make any sense it's not possible unless you have one of those 360 cameras which i don't think they had in 2004 nope nope so it's why it appears to be angled Mm -hmm. in the film because it's actually shot from both sides of the room and then they were spliced spliced together together (laughs) in order to have them in the same frame Mm mm-hmm because this is incidentally one of the few shots of the film in which the characters are actually sharing the frame Mm. so it's only in that monitor the camera that you see them together Mm -hmm. it's always you're always looking at one one or the other other. Mm -hmm. and then so the x you know that glow in the dark x yeah on the wall which is fucking mind-blowing because i know for a damn fact that there was glow in the dark paint back then yeah it was actually a projected x what with a regular line like with basically an x cut out from black cloth i'm like you guys could go to a go to a dollar tree yeah and go buy yourself some glow in the dark paint (laughs) tape that shit out tape that shit out and just slap that motherfucker on I promise that probably you, getting a projector probably was more in the budget. Maybe they probably would have been able to afford another dummy. Go to a Dollar General, my dudes. Oh, gosh. Go to a Dollar General. Go to a, a Hobby Lobbies or a, a Michaels, Michaels or a whatever. Yeah. And just Joanne's buy yourself fa- Joanne some, fabric. some easy-ish. So for the scene in which Lawrence was kidnapped by the pig head character. Yes. The schedule only allowed for three shots. Wow. So they had to get it done in three shots that's insane which is actually crazy to think about that you only have three chances to get this shit right mm-hmm. otherwise much. oh well well and you then, take what you get yeah so when juan cast it uh tobin bell for the character of jigsaw mm-hmm. he literally primarily cast him for his voice that was his main reason yeah because you don't really see jigsaw Mm-mm. so it was that was the big thing yeah you don't see jigsaw in the first one really and here's what's also he's funny. in he's in the first one for like five minutes maybe which you are very wrong because all of the shots of john on the floor were actually tobin bell so jigsaw those scenes were actually oh, him so, on the floor never mind he was in it for he was legit laying there on the floor for <laughs> all of those scenes oh my god imagine just laying you imagine getting paid to lay, to on, lay the on the floor? floor for six days so for six days you yes got paid to lay on the floor for six days slay yes go to bell living my dream facts because <laughs> okay. oh and then he got paid even more to lay in a bed yes he did <laughs> for the whole film for the whole film he just got paid Bitch to lay down. lay down he's got to lay down chill out that's epic. I think about it. That's awesome. <laughs> I want his job. For real. Mm-hmm. Be cast as like a major villain and just kind of get to No, because he's sick out. the whole time. So he's slow. And yeah. He doesn't really do a whole lot. He just kind of walks around and sits down yeah. or lays down or pretends to be dead oh, or yeah. is dead or... Well, yeah, know, because cause even Juan's reasoning behind it is 
other than the fact that clearly they, they couldn't afford another prop dummy, mm-hmm. they also didn't want to cheat the film by not having the actor in the scenes. Yeah. So it's like, how do I do this? I'm just going to have him lay down on the floor and he will be the body. Mm-hmm. Because how do you not breathe? Well, here's the thing. You can breathe pretty shallow, shallow, but this is actually one of the bigger problems that happened. So in the original cut he took to Sundance, when Adam pulls the tape recorder out from John's hand, his fingers slowly lowered to the floor. Mm. Now, it wasn't obviously very noticeable on the small editing monitor, but blown up on the big screen, it was. Mm. And so several people mentioned to him as mentioned it to him as a possible foreshadowing that John isn't really dead. Mm. So they actually had to cut it from the theatrical release because that would literally spoil the fact that he's not dead. Yeah. So I thought that was pretty interesting that, you know, just this simple accidental slow lowering of your fingers instead of just letting your hand drop Mm -hmm. was the, Oh, maybe he's He's still alive. alive. (laughs) But that's also, but you have to think, like, then what that what would that have done to them? What would that have done to the audience had they seen that mm. and been like, wait, what the fuck? Wait, is that dude still alive? Yeah. Why is he acting like, his like he's dead? brains are literally blown out of his head. I'm confused. Like, <laughs> I don't know. There, It could have been two very strong yeah. possibilities It could have either that. been, oh, that guy's alive. Cut the cameras. Or, oh, my God, is he? And, like, freaking out even more and, like, causing even more, like turmoil because it's also like why isn't he getting up Mm -hmm. why isn't he helping them he's Mm -hmm. not chained to anything what's going on Mm -hmm. is that jigsaw (gasps) because there's clearly a voice there's an antagonist who's Mm -hmm. got people kidnapped who's Mm -hmm. controlling stuff and you think it's the attacker at first but then you learn later that yeah he's a part of the game fucker's been in the room the whole time watching your bitch asses yep and y'all thought you were being sneaky that's terrifying especially when you turn the lights off and you try to whisper to him uh-huh. like just, just try to be so sneaky pretend to pretend to smoke it when the the buzzer is in his hand the whole time like literally. To, to zap him literally for real mm-hmm. so what you got for me i have just you know the origins maybe i should have gone first in this instance but you know it's okay basically how saw came to be yeah uh the idea for it came from a shower thought you know james Wan. not shocked yeah thought about it in the shower we had Um, a dude who was inspired by his beard so james Wan quote he said what about a movie with two people stuck in a bathroom with a really grungy toilet they have no idea how they got in there and they're chained to opposite sides of the room he brought that to lee wanell he brought yeah. that idea to him so lee wanell took it and well juan also was like he also wanted this character jigsaw yeah um who put them in the situation and that's pretty much all he knew yeah he had the basis so, he had mm-hmm. the rough outline yeah and then lee came back and he said let me think about it and then he went off and he wrote like the story and everything and how everything connected and came back to him with Mm -hmm. saw yeah so what i really thought was cool was how lee is adam in the film yes like one of the main characters in the first one yeah um he he also came up with some ideas um like how 
Jigsaw came to be. Like hmm. his story with the whole, you know, having cancer and yeah. that's why he wants people to... His origin. Yeah, his origin. As to why he was like, became more vindictive. And was like, I'm going to show people that their life should be worth living or yeah. whatever. So Lee actually, uh, when he was 24, he said he had really severe migraines and he thought it was really something serious like a brain tumor oh wow so he went to the hospital got a bunch of tests including the mri and that's when the concept came to him question Mm -hmm. this is our fantastic beasts boy yes no no they They look look very similar similar. that is ezra miller yes they look they like i swear to god they could have been or twins Mm -hmm. if 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 we paired them today they literally look almost identical that's not that's not him that's wild yeah no uh 1l and miller are not the same people (laughs) could have fooled my ass no yeah honestly i was going through this again i was like oh he looks so much like him yeah so i get it yeah but no uh, but Wanel was saying, he said, instead of a doctor telling you you have a year to live, make the best of it, this guy would put people in a situation and say, you have 10 minutes to live. How are you going to spend those 10 minutes? Are you going to get out of it? Oh, shit. Yeah, that was his thinking. Huh. Mm-hmm. Like, what would you do to get out of that situation? Mm-hmm. If you could. If you could. Mm-hmm. That's crazy. Yeah. What are you willing to do in order to survive? Yeah yeah be prepared for all of these there's there's a lot of bummer butts going on in all of these movies so be be ready for that one <laughs> yeah um there's always a mild ending <laughs> and you're just like okay yeah i'm not shocked because you were a dumb bitch yeah but also i don't there's like you know i but it gets to a certain point where it's like you kill off enough people i'm not rooting for anyone yeah like yeah literally no one and all of them are acting like dumbass fucks and you're just like listen to the it, you end up being on jigsaw's side half the time because you're just like he fucking told you follow the rules bitch just follow them listen and pay the fuck attention but at the same time it's like what would you do in that situation like if, if you, you were had that to saw off your own with, arm or but it's also go like through, if you're those people in that situation and you have that backstory are you really going to pay attention to what someone tells you to do when you're already rebelled against i don't know i'm just saying at some point you needed all five fuckers and it's your own damn fault you didn't have them when they oh, all could have yeah. survived bitch when you all could have survived it said you work together literally he said work together and y'all fucked it up mm-hmm. room one yeah just saying yep we'll get there yeah <laughs> mm so zep the attacker yes in the first movie Mm -hmm. he is sort of based on like a true person oh who um there was this guy who broke into people's houses at night (laughs) okay i wasn't prepared for a giggle okay not to steal anything but to tickle their feet. <laughs> oh my god! I think I've heard of that story. I think I heard that. I don't know why, but it's fucking weird. He literally broke into people's houses just to tickle their feet. Just to tickle their feet. I don't. I remember hearing about that. Um, there isn't just one case of this though. There no, are. There are so multiple many. cases. 
I because I think either last podcast on the left or something like that fucking covered this, yeah. and I was like, what the fuck? Yeah. <laughs> um, the what what the one? Okay, so yeah, they call them the serial ticklers. Yes, yes. <laughs> <laughs> and there are more than a few cases, but the original man, I he was caught, and during interrogation, he told the police that he was being forced to commit these crimes by someone else. What the actual fuck? You are yeah. not being held at gunpoint to tickle people's feet <laughs> he said um that later the guy revealed that he was sent a jigsaw puzzle piece in the mail instructing him to do these crimes that's fucking weird yeah yeah go tickle these people's feet yeah. <laughs> what? so juan said that after he heard about this he said it was the creepiest thing i'd ever heard i was so frightened i remember after hearing that story i slept for the next two three nights and i with a hammer by my bedside hell yeah yeah i remember hearing that i don't know if it's the same like collection of cases nor the same person mm-hmm. but i also remember hearing escalated versions of that where it was sucking on toes oh god what is this talk to me i know <laughs> no she had that was she was deep throat in his foot i don't care what you're saying that was a deep throat I, that was grody that man's oh foot my was god. in her in mouth her mouth oh god i feel bad for the actress i feel bad for the dude it must have i can't i want to know how no, many i feel bad for the dude that must that probably felt good to be honest i want to know how many takes it took mm. so that they weren't Would, laughing. laughing yeah what if they were psychopaths and just did it <laughs> you know sometimes I mean, people are one take because some people are into that some people are into so toe sucking you know and i know this for a fact like mm, you do mm, you do mm. <laughs> <laughs> not from personal experiences no definitely not no seriously not no not from her personal experiences I, my toes have never may- been sucked on <laughs> maybe one day i'll experiment <laughs> But the awareness of other toes that have been suckled upon is great. Um, (laughs) Anyway, so after they came up with all of these ideas, they then made a short film. Yeah, it was ten minutes long. That was the thing you were talking about with the original puppet and puppet and the original jaw trap. Um, And again, it includes Lee Wanell, yes, who is the main guy in this one, but he plays a different person. Um, His name is David. He's Mm. a janitor at a hospital. and he gets captured and then he has the exact same um setup as amanda like it's the exact same story oh like where he had to like cut the key from his cellmate's stomach and he was like paralyzed gotcha was brought in for questioning and all of that but it was basically frame by frame pretty similar i mean in the movie it's a lot better because you know it's yeah higher budget versus the short film but oh yeah i did go and i did watch this because um, it's actually kind of funny because in the film i didn't mention it but i do remember reading about it that um lee wanell's in the scene that we get of amanda doing her trap yeah. setup yeah that actually in some of the test scenes it was actually Wanell's arms oh and it was his shadow in in some of the some of those test scenes oh. mm-hmm. so i was like that's interesting and weird yeah but like okay mm-hmm. yeah um the short film came out about 2003 but apparently they had this idea for saw like 
later 90s they had it for a long time yeah usually most a lot of films take some time to like think about and then build up but i know that in many different stuff usually they get it a little quicker not like that quick it always usually takes a couple of years for the concepts to build out but that's a pretty decent chunk of time if they had it in the 90s yeah they were sitting on this for a while i'm sure trying to you know um finalize all of the pieces and um that's also to convince some people i mean people that they had already hellraiser was already a thing so there was a gore level that kind of already existed and there had been other horror films but even those other horror films like maybe other than nightmare on elm street i wouldn't say were too gory this Mm -hmm. is like a real true to form gore film yeah for sure yeah Mm mm-hmm but yeah, that's all I got. Alrighty, so so lay me down some one stars. Alright, I got this one. Showed my five-year-old this at night, and she liked it. Then I realized I don't have a child. And the child started bleeding inside the pentagram. Very bad. What? I don't fucking know. Whoever wrote Is that, that an omission or a, or a, or a joker? Mm, good question. Because that's weird. That's a weird one. Very strange. I would say. Especially under the Saw film. It's very strange. Very strange review. Yeah. Jigsaw came out of the movie and broke both of my ankles. Not very nice. <laughs> what? People, Dude must have been high. People are trolling. People are trolling. Man must have been high. No, he's joking. <laughs> <laughs> I was looking for a romantic comedy and found this. Would not recommend for a mother makeout Monday. A mother? For I'm mother? Sorry. I think they meant for another. But. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Because if it is, if it's the first one, um, you need psychiatric help. Mm-hmm. But yeah, that's all for that one. That's all you gounced for, miss. Yeah. Pretty much. Alrighty. Just people trolling, I yeah. think. Being haha funny. Yeah. So that means we will be moving on to the next one which is saw 10 the story begins as john kramer receives a scan from his cancer oh a scan for his cancer from his cancer from his cancer mm-hmm. here you go this is my proof of concept i this is where i'm planning on being mm-hmm. have a great life his cancer is speaking to him for real i mean it's in his brain I, yeah it is receives a scan for his cancer and goes to a support group in order to cope john is told that he only has a few months to a year to live while at a coffee shop john sees a man he knew from the cancer support group who had stage four pancreatic cancer now in complete remission (gasps) The man tells John about an unorthodox treatment he received by a doctor named Finn Peterson and gives John their email, wishing him luck. John does a little bit more research before emailing the company to ask for help. A little bit. A little bit, yeah. A little while later, John receives a call from Cecilia Peterson, Finn's daughter, offering him a spot in their next round of treatments in Mexico. 
already sketch already fucking sketchy i'm sorry if this fantastical treatment and his daughter comes back and he's like hey yo i'll take care of you mm. i'm sorry i'm i want to talk to your dad please i also want to not know, you i also want to know why if this treatment works so well is it not being approved if it if if there was a i swear to god if there was a if we had this happen where there was a modern day permanent cure to cancer of any kind it'd be over that man would be flooded with people coming to him plus flooded by the medical industry yeah and and doctors going there to figure out like to practice with him so that they could help the rest of the world i feel like there's this man would have a statue of him as like the savior or woman cancer patients you know yeah this there would be a statue of this of this doctor if he fucking solved cancer yeah and there are so many theories where it's like people think cancer's already been cured but because it's such a corporation now and they make so much money off of these dying people that is a which is terrible yeah if that is true which it's not Mm. it's not it's people just conspiracy theories can only be so respectful yeah when it gets to a certain point i'm like these people have this is a horrific thing that's happened to them you're not going to intentionally leave like a child filled with cancer you're just not going to do it it's not going to happen um i think you put a lot of faith in 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 the world (laughs) i think you let conspiracy theories get a little too much ahead of you (laughs) and somewhere in between that is a middle ground well yeah there's always going to be people who take advantage of you but that's that's not saying that all of the medical industry is taking advantage of you otherwise Mm -hmm. you would never seek you would never seek help of medical people and you would never get treated for the things you need to get treated for Mm -hmm. so the whole point is is that you kind of have to put faith in them otherwise you die well you don't put faith in them to some degree you will die yeah and when you find a doctor you don't like you fucking change doctors fact and then you tell everybody else don't go to this doctor they're a dick i'm a big fan of second opinions i found a great doctor she gives a shit good and it's you know she she is a good person and i'm glad that i i found her but it's one of those situations where like i've definitely had shitty doctors oh yeah I had a whole fucking doctor who, at, when I was a kid and when I was in high school, fucking kept comparing me to his children and would, like, shame me for um, being out sick or, like, from school or literally when I started getting asthma in my freshman year, like, would shame me that's crazy. for the fact that I had to leave school. Well, that's not your child, so and maybe like, don't put in your two cents. And I swapped doctors in that office and the next doctor I had, she was fantastic. Yeah. I mean, I've had a doctor tell me that my pain wasn't real. Well, <laughs> like, yeah. legit, just flat out was like, no, that's not possible. And I'm sitting here telling you, yeah, yes, it is. Well, I mean, there's a, ooh, we could get into this one, but we don't have, this is going to be just a quick touch. Um, being a woman in the, in the, trying to get doctor shit done is very difficult. It's so hard. Because there is no reason i literally remember seeing a post of a woman who was like i went to the doctors because i was feeling this way and it was really bad and 
um, I had blood work done or whatever. And I went to the doctor and they were like, oh, it's just hormones. And then he, he <laughs> and she was like, OK, well, what are my results? And he hadn't even looked at her results. Are you kidding? And it was way worse. And he was just going to let it slide on. Oh, you're a woman. So it's hormones. Oh, my God. So there's definitely like a level of you're just a, you are terrible people. No, for Stop sure. It. And it's like most of the medical field is accommodating towards men. Like most yes. practices and most um, studies are oh, done yeah. off of men. men. Yeah. So obviously you're going to have a difference with hormones. And t- like it's why they recently found out that pads body, yeah. don't really work. Mm because it was men testing not real blood it was fake that's crazy. fake stuff mm-hmm. and so obviously it doesn't absorb the same as fucking real blood mm-hmm. so they realized that oh we've oh, been yeah, making no. pads wrong this whole time i had an instance <laughs> we're gonna get a little tmi if you want to talk about that oh girl i know i bled straight through my pad in middle school all over the chair through my pants and like the bell That's had just terrible. rang so i had to like quickly tie my jacket around my yeah, pants so and like clean out. up the seat yeah. like all i had was tissues and hand sanitizer to yeah. make it feel sanitary but yeah. there was like a puddle yeah it was bad like and i had just changed it yes so i'm yeah. gonna be the first to agree with that um, oh yeah and that's a recent discovery recent yeah and i was in middle school a decade ago ew oof wait not a decade almost a decade we're getting close to it but yeah definitely a decade for me mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. i mean it's even the situation where my mom has had to take my dad in with her to the doctors for just his physical presence being there for them to listen to her yeah and not just say like yeah hormones or whatever the fuck uh-huh. or not really take her no, seriously i'm a huge advocate for you have to fight for yourself because, oh yeah because like if you are by yourself and they aren't taking you seriously you can't just be like oh okay you know your body best yes fight for yourself hell yeah advocate for yourself yeah if they aren't listening to you make them yeah speak up and if they refuse to try to find someone else find who will someone listen else. yeah like your health is more important than anything else i'm sick of people becoming doctors just for the money like yes it should be because you care about you actually want to help save people's lives and, you and make care them about their well-being better. yeah and their health and oh my goodness not which just i feel like you want another we're getting zero on your check here's what i'll say i feel like we are also there's this level of flop that we're happening hmm where we're getting the other side of that, where I think it's been enough time has passed where we've had a lot of those doctors mm. and now we're starting to get the people who are like, no, fuck that nonsense. Yeah, yeah. I'm going to get into the medical industry because mm-hmm. I actually give a shit and we've got to stop fucking around here. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So. It's because all of this information is like coming to light of, you know, how the medical industry is not, has never been very forthright that but what's the word i'm looking for inclusive mm-hmm. yeah towards especially black people oh, oh my, my gosh God. oh my gosh anybody of color yeah anybody, anybody of color. color if you're not white especially a white man yeah if you're not a white over. man you're kind of fucked like 
because you're everybody if you're a white woman you are just there yeah you're just just there. There. i mean you're still a woman so obviously you're still, you're still woman, gonna have so, some issues yeah. but um if you are a person of color it changes because obviously our bodies are different and you know yeah. because of our different genes and that takes effect into medicine and yeah. that changes a lot of things and people don't realize that all of the time but yeah Ugh. some wild shit it is it's crazy we went on off a, we, we went, went on, on a, a serious tangent, tangent. <laughs> let's get back into this movie all right um so after he arrives in mexico okay john arrives in mexico and gets into a taxi both the taxi driver and john are stopped and captured to be taken to a discreet location where the treatment is being held cecilia introduces john to the medical team and even meets another patient named mr sears who was treated for thyroid cancer the morning of her surgery john runs into a little boy who lives on the land with a broken bike john and the boy bond over fixing his bike and he even learns the word pull in spanish how cute mm -hmm. it is now time for surgery where the medical team performs an awake operation on john during the procedure john can see the monitor of his brain but the doctors hide it after discovering he can see it John later wakes up in another location, and Cecilia tells him to take the medication as prescribed, but that everything looks good, and John is now cancer-free. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Or so we think. Yeah. No, I never thought. Yeah, no. Too sketchy. Too sketchy That fucking me. underground, like, darkroom lab or whatever the fuck right? universe in a box popped into. Yeah. It was, like, so unsanitary, and then there was, like, a box. It was literally, like, darkness and just this, like solitary white bright surgical cube. cube real weird yeah john uses landmarks and math to discover <laughs> i love math. that he uses landmarks and math Ma and math because he's an engineer yeah exactly to discover where the location of the house was in order to give the owner gabriella a gift john arrives at the house to find it torn apart everyone is missing and all of the equipment is gone john then finds a dvd called surgeons of tomorrow Woo. where he finds the video of his procedure realizing everything was a sham and his brain tumor is still very much inside his head knowing this john starts his revenge with the taxi driver slash masked surgeon capturing him and connecting his arms to a device that will explode unless he cuts them out. The man gives John more information about the other con artists and John sets out to find them all along with the help of his assistant, Amanda. <gasps> if you've never seen these before and you watch them in chronological order, that's when you discover it. <laughs> yeah, currently... um. Because this is the 10th film. Yeah. So this is the more recent film. But it is technically, chronologically, the second the one. The second, yeah. After capturing the other four people involved in the scam, each one is chained up or hooked to different contraptions. The first girl, Valentina, must saw her own leg off and transfer three ounces of bone marrow to a scale and stop a device from beheading her within three minutes. The grotiest, like, yeah. scene yeah. of her cutting through her leg. I think that one's going to stick with me for a while, unfortunately. 
oh yeah the, the way she's the actually skin. like sobbing and like so terrified that she and like the has skin to do this. stretching and pulling mm, is yeah just, mm, yeah not a fan mm. not a fan because she goes from underneath right and like pulls up yes yeah. she goes from underneath her leg and mm. pulls up and it's mm. gross nasty everyone is in shock as john explains how each of them contributed to lying to 34 other sick people and stealing their money mm-hmm the clock starts, but unfortunately, even after sawing off her leg, Valentina is decapitated. Mm-hmm. A little too late. Yeah, by like seconds. Literally. Like she was sucking the bone marrow out and like putting it in the thing and still. She literally cut her leg off and just fucking, bitch, you waited too long. All these motherfuckers, yeah. I swear. Because at the same time, if it's a clean cut, if somebody gets you to a hospital in time, yeah, you could probably sew that shit back on. Lots yeah. of, lots of, lots of physical therapy, but... Yeah. Because they said on? it's a clean cut, so that yeah. is usually pretty good. That's literally what he would have done if she'd done it in time. Yeah. Taking her to the hospital with her leg. Oh, fucking shit. She ain't got no head no more. <laughs> <laughs> Tough. <laughs> Tough. Tough shit. Oh, God. Ugh. <laughs> Before the next person is put to the test, Mr. Parker Sears comes looking for his money and answers, but is knocked out by Amanda and tied up in the office. John shows Parker all of the people who scammed them, tied up in the room below, and includes him in the game. Spoiler warning. Skip ahead. Next play is Mateo, who must cut out a piece of his own brain or die i'm dead i'm dead i would die i would die <laughs> that face mask thing is horrific though like That's awful scary shit but but i'd die i would die i would die <laughs> mm. obviously he fucking fails yes <laughs> and is electrocuted to death yeah yeah it's now gabriella's turn to play where she must break her hand and foot in, in order to the escape air. In, in the, the air. air in the air so she basically has to break her hand and foot in order to escape severe radiation poisoning gabriella manages to complete the task but is left scarred and close to death like horribly but scarred. she did it out but of she all did of it. these fuckers she, she did. got the easiest one to accomplish. She did. All she had to do was break, break her, her hand, hand and, and break her, her foot. foot. She didn't lose any limbs. Nope. Didn't have to cut into herself bones, at all. Bones heal. Bones heal. Bitch got out. Mm-hmm. I mean, other than the radiation poison. Yeah, but that, the only reason why she got the so much radiation is because she, she fucking took too long. Yeah. Like they always fucking do. Yeah. Swear to God. Annoying. Yeah. Every time. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Right before Amanda goes to take her to the hospital, Parker grabs his gun from the locker and forces John and Amanda to unlock Cecilia, revealing that the two are together. Traitor. Literal traitor. <laughs> the couple then then has John and Amanda lock themselves up and Cecilia kills Gabriella. Just by stepping on her. Dude. That's all she had to do. Like, she was that close to death. And all Cecilia did was step on her neck and kill her. Pissed John off. It pissed, it pissed him Amanda off. off. Well, it pissed them both off because it's the idea she was she successful. Succeeded she succeeded. She should have lived. Yeah. And she should have lived. Mm-hmm. She did what she was supposed to. Yeah. And she should have lived. 
and they just were like fuck her she's dead i think this movie is really good at setting up like a redemption type style yes for john yes whereas if you just go from the first to the second it kind of yes. doesn't really do that so this movie this one gives you a reason kind of more of the psychological understanding of and the difference john, yeah. between him mm -hmm. and cecilia yeah who's a villain mm -hmm. whereas john is kind of like a He's an anti. He, I wouldn't say anti-hero. He is not an anti-hero. He's like he's he's a, he's a crazy motherfucker. He's a crazy motherfucker, but he's like a. In the worst <sighs> way possible, he tries to make people appreciate their life. Yes, in like the most fucked up way possible. In the most terrible way. But nine times out of ten, when the people come out the other side, they're usually if, if they come out they the, come other, out the side. other side. Big big if. Mm -hmm. Um they come out the other side sometimes they are quite grateful sometimes amanda in question literally dedicated her life to him she's a crazy bitch though she's also a crazy bitch so like she's know. worse than john yeah way worse than john but she's more vindictive she's got the vindictive side yes whereas john is like i set these rules before you mm -hmm. he is he's so stoic here's a difference he is using D, &D terms mm -hmm. he is lawful evil yeah amanda is chaotic, chaotic evil, evil. Mm -hmm. yeah because it's not because he's john's not neutral evil either he's very no. lawful he's like i have rules mm -hmm. this is what you do yeah and if you follow them you will succeed yeah if you don't you die, you die. which is crazy yeah everyone hears a noise coming from outside to find that the little boy with the broken bike, is kicking his soccer ball against the building. Cecilia brings him inside and hooks him up to the contraption with John, who is now forced to play the game. John and the boy must waterboard each other with blood. Gross. Disgusting. They're just up there choking on it. Just straight up gross. Which I will say, because I didn't really describe this, but it... John uses his new found spanish language of the word pull which yeah. is holla he's like no holla to no try holla, to tell yeah. the boy not to pull Don't the lever pull. so that john would take all of the all of the blood but yes. the boy ends up helping john and pulls the lever anyway so that they can like take yeah. turns and survive but it was crazy. which is like it's like the purity of the boy yeah like i don't want you to deal with this either yeah. so i will take on mm -hmm. part of this well because the boy kind of walked in and he saw john and amanda walk yes. like locked up so he yes. doesn't know like the like, he doesn't know that he's helping quote quote technically the villain yeah cecilia and parker go upstairs but are locked inside once cecilia tries to grab the bag of money mm -hmm. that john took from her mm-hmm once they are locked inside, a timer starts for 10 minutes. John and the boy are released, and Cecilia and Parker must choose who can breathe fresh air or both die by toxic gas. Mm -hmm. John had a plan where either way he would win, as the bloodboarding was for both Parker and Cecilia, as well as the toxic gas room. John gives the little boy all of the money from Cecilia's scam, John, Amanda, and the boy all leave the building and head home. The end. Motherfucker's always got a plan. I swear to God. No, yeah. Like, he's a million steps ahead he of every knew, single person. He already knew 
that Parker was that Parker was a part of it was part of it. But that makes sense. He's he's it makes sense because he realized that even the the guy from the very beginning, like the guy he saw at the cancer, yeah. um, he's an evil genius for real. The cancer support group who told him about this experiment, yeah. he also was like, "Well, this motherfucker's in on it too, yeah. so I'm gonna get my revenge on him as well." There's yeah. like a little cutscene at the end where, yeah, where he gets revenge yeah. on him for mm-hmm. for what happened, but it's like for lying to him about he everything. dead ass like he is smart. There's, I don't know if I have it in my, in my notes, but it's often, it's like he's referred to as an angel of death. Yeah. Um, there's like such a danger where murderous people are very intelligent. Yes. It's a terrible combination. Here's the thing. But, but. All of the murderers, so your most well-known murderers that you know about are not very smart. No. They're all really dumb. Because you know about them. <laughs> yeah. I'm sure the really smart effing Well, that's people, the Zodiac yeah, Killer. Yeah, the Zodiac Killer Him, who did all he, of that. You he don't... fucking got away. He got mm-hmm. away scot-fucking-free yep. without question because mm-hmm. no one knows who the fuck he is. Nope. No one. However, today in today's society, there's no way you could really get away with a murder. No, because there's cameras everywhere cameras Whether everywhere it's people's hands people's homes their just doorbells, driving their houses driving from street, street to street yeah. like cameras are on hell yeah on the lamp there are cameras everywhere everywhere even if you're in the same room as like our murder they can tell yes yes well i don't i don't know man it's some crazy shit yeah for real so if you're trying to get away with murder in today's time no F- fucking i guess you're, good luck you're not really no not Don't, good luck no good luck like fuck not you get caught luck. get caught <laughs> fuck you get you're caught. gonna get caught for real so if you think you're smart enough to dodge everyone you will y- fuck up you're not smart enough just yeah. just yeah. letting you know so like we said this movie is one of our more recent films so this was released september 29th yes 2023 so just literally just last year in like september five six months ago um the director is kevin guti grutert 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 i don't know we are butchering that without question um kevin grutert imagine if that's how Gruter. it's <laughs> imagine yeah. i don't know uh, distributed by Lionsgate films mm-hmm. their budget was 13 million yep and their box office was 111.8 million dollars which is funny that they have a runtime of 118 minutes because it's all 1118 and then 118 yeah and then they got an 80 percent on rotten tomatoes oh wow i'm not surprised this This was a really good really good one i think this one is kind of up there for me there's reasons there's a reason for that I like that you know. Yeah. My reasons. I know. Well, I don't know your specific reasons, mm-hmm. but I know the reasons why it why it was successful for the mainstream audience. I think again, one part of it is that it really makes you feel for yes. this evil person. Yes. Like it sets up um so you're not just sitting here like, ugh, why is this guy doing yeah. this? This is so stupid. He's he's an antagonist, but he's an antagonist with a purpose. Yeah. For sure. Yeah um but yeah and then we have 
lots of actors in this one. A shit ton. Obviously, we have our classic Tobin Bell as Jigsaw, Shawnee Smith as Amanda. We have Sunov Makoti Lund as Cecilia Peterson, Stephen Brand as Parker, uh, Renata, was it Vacation? No, Va- I think her last name Vaca? was just Vaca. Why did it, 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 yeah. it autocorrected to Vacation? Oh. No, her name is Renata Vaca as Gabriella, Paulette Hernandez as Valentina, Octavio Hinojosa as Mateo, and Joshua Akumaru as diego who is the taxi driver i didn't name him yeah when we were in the summary yeah so lots of people lots of fucking people to die yes to die so common theme in the saw movies is there's not a lot of success not a lot of success or if it's success it's like sucky success yeah that's like the big thing, unfortunately, with that. Give it to me. Suck it, to me, suck it to me. Suck it to me. So when they were talking about the script and everything for this film, they actually really loved it because obviously it brings back our John Kramer character. Yeah. Of course. Which no 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 spoilies. Um but it's also, obviously, that's the first thing. But then they also wanted to focus on one standalone story instead of, like, they're, they referred to it as a Byzantine maze of references to the previous Saw entries. Because it's like a fucking mindfuck full of references back and forth to each other. Yeah. <laughs> and then... Um, they really wanted it to be something that a newcomer could walk into and totally understand and enjoy. They didn't want it to be like, a, oh, you had to watch these other things to get it. Which is very true. You don't. Like, you this don't is really. very much a standalone film, I like, think. Like, even with Amanda being there, like, yes, that's mm-hmm. a great tie-in for us. But for someone new coming in who's never seen it. It's just a person could, who cares about him willing who's to like help an, him. Who's so, an assistant who, yeah. who works with him. Mm-hmm. It literally is just that. So mm-hmm. it, it works for that. And they wanted to have fun with the tropes, obviously, of the Saw series. And they didn't want to present John as completely infallible. And obviously, he stumbles rather rather badly a few times in this film. Yeah. Especially in regards to, like, the blood scene and all that kind of stuff. Like, at that end. Yeah, the That was him kind of fucking up. Yeah, he even said, he was like, this is, like, an unfortunate. Yeah. Like, Amanda's like, what's up with the kid? And he's just like, I I don't know. He wasn't supposed to be here. Mm -hmm. That was a, oh, shit, I didn't think about that variable moment and then obviously i guess he just assumed that they would put amanda on the other side with him well i don't even think that i think he just assumed that everyone who was there abandoned but didn't realize the boy was just a local well yeah it's that but i'm also saying like because there's two people well yeah i guarantee originally it would have been the two of them him and amanda but it was because the the boy boy was there yeah that was the problem yeah he john didn't think about that because he thought that everybody who was there abandoned including the boy Mm -hmm. but in reality the boy was just a a local in the area and not connected with any of them Mm -hmm. and then obviously there's the the 
they he stumbles in the film, but hopefully the sacred aspects of the character remain satisfying to the audience. So they always wanted to make sure that like he was still like we knew him as John Kramer and not just as Jigsaw. Yeah. We knew him as John Kramer throughout that film, not Jigsaw. Which was interesting. Mm-hmm. Because it is a it is our Saw film, which is what's most of the time when he's referred to as John Kramer, it's like by the police and it's smaller moments. Yeah. Whereas usually it's like, oh, these jigsaw killings and all this kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. So I thought that was pretty interesting because it made him more human and less this like ambiguous exactly, figure. Exactly. I think that's probably another reason why I enjoy this so much. I yeah. mean, don't get me wrong. I don't love to love a killer. Yeah. But this movie made you understand him more. Yeah. It gave you like he his whole thing is that he doesn't target innocent people. I mean, I've always kind of understood that just because I've seen these movies a bunch of times. Um, but even, seeing this movie just really solidified that and made him more human. Because it, it wasn't really mentioned in this film, but we do see it happen in this film. Is he's... is Yes, it's in this film. He's in the hospital... And he sees like a janitor in one of the rooms yeah. cleaning and he, the janitor, he watches the janitor go into a drawer and he's going to steal something. Mm-hmm. And then you see this whole scene play out of this janitor tied to a thing that slowly is going to suck his eyeballs out of his skull. And it does. And it does. But we flash into reality and that is just John Kramer creating an entire scenario on if, if this guy he actually steals, steals, this is what I'm going to do to him. Yeah. And because that guy looks John in the eyes mm-hmm. and he catches him, he puts it back. Yeah. The dude lives. Yeah. Because and, he didn't actually yeah. commit the crime. And John was like, good choice. Good choice. You made a good choice. No, you have no I, idea. You have no idea how much of a good choice you made. You almost died, my dude. Yeah. You almost died for real. Mm. So it's it's fascinating that there's this like... I think that would be a fascinating theory. Like, oh, is it? Is he actually just in a coma? Ooh. Is he in a coma and that these are just things he's seen people do? Or he's like like, been a regular dude and he's just mm -hmm. seen these people. And so in his comatic state, which I know that's not a real word, but fuck it. (laughs) In his comatic state. (laughs) Um, He's making scenarios up in his mind, mm-hmm. which is which would be fascinating concept. It would be a fascinating just because of that scene. We can discuss it more like in the middle of the series when other things happen, yeah. because that's that's a fascinating concept because that whole scene was literally just in his imagination. Yeah. Which is wild because it was very visceral, it's very vivid. It reminds me of the conversation. Were you awake? Were you there? For what? Chris had a conversation with us like right you were at work it was right before we were all about to leave like me gotcha. and my parents and stuff and he was like well how do you visualize things do you like can you see when somebody oh, like, yes i do know what you're talking about there was the whole thing about like a cardinal. If, if someone says like do you see what do you see when i say apple 
Like, yeah. what do you see when you think of an apple? Does it come in like flashes? Can is, you, it is, solid? it solid? is it solid? Is there a scene? Is, there, yeah. is it blank? It's wild. Can you see it in 3D? Yes. Like, can you pick up the apple and turn it and twist it and like see all the aspects of it? Um, I can see the sun glinting off of it yeah. with the droplets and I can smell yeah. the honey crisp. Right. Whereas some people can't picture anything. Jesse Cox, he can't. Yeah. He can't see. He yeah. can't visualize. Mm-hmm. He literally just can't. Mm-hmm. Which is which fucking is insane. Or like some people who don't have an internal monologue. Oh like my they God. Have to like I can't even comprehend no, it. No. Where they have to like read out loud. Otherwise they can't. My brain is so active. It's it, I, I sometimes ask it to shut up. Mm-hmm. Mm. It's that like. And I think that's that it's goes why into I talk out loud. Yeah, it's why I talk out loud. I to think myself. that's also very interesting when it comes to like art and artists, and oh, yeah. because people who can visualize things that clearly, obviously have a have a leg up because you know yeah. they can use their imagination. They can visually see a thing. I mean, it's what I've been doing for my thesis. Is yeah. I'm able to visualize the scene happening, and then you go so and I can capture it. it. Yeah. I I literally pause mm-hmm. my vision of it, yeah, so that I can catch the right kind of scene I'm looking for. Mm-hmm. Which is, and it's even crazier because in those scenes that I create, I will go into those scenes and add lighting to different areas to see like oh i should put it here or here as like a mental tester so i think Mm -hmm. that's fascinating yeah the brain is a fucking wild place yeah yeah (laughs) and so one of the things that they didn't know if it was going to work or not was the fact that this film spent so much time with john kramer because all of the other ones don't don't really it's all on his victims this is the first of the saw films that really focus on john i enjoyed it so did a i a lot it gave reasons it gave more i think this being the second one if you're to watch it in chronological order mm-hmm. it benefits you so much more yeah because i feel like if we had watched all the other ones and then watched this one we would have a completely different mental view like we probably would still see him as a villain yeah whereas now he's kind of just this you know he's a villain but he's human yeah yeah and he has like reasons for doing he's, things he's got and... fucked up reasons but he's yeah. got his reasons mm-hmm. behind it so because they always talked about um the beauty of ridley scott's alien uh. and Spie- spielberg's jaws is that you hardly see the monster at all mm-hmm. only for a moment because that makes the audience lean into and be more scared by the imagination yeah. than what's on screen mm-hmm. like um going so directly against that philosophy was a risk but in the end because of tobin's performance and his commitment to the obviously the philosophy and ethos of john kramer Mm -hmm. is why it worked so well and he's been it's been two it's almost been 10 years 20 20 2004 20 years, 20 years it's been since the first one. Oh my god i didn't want to say that but it's been 20 years since I she was said like, it's been 10 my world is crumbling oh it's almost been 20 years since you were oh yeah next year you'll be yeah wow next year i'll be 30 yep that's not true yep no facts you're not though yep but like you're not <laughs> <laughs> I will 
will be three decades old. Weird. I'll be 23. I just, I still baby. You're still baby. <laughs> I'll be 22 this year. Um, mm-hmm. But you're still 28. So don't age yourself. <laughs> well, I aged myself the second I realized that 2004 was like... 20 years ago exactly years ago. <sighs> and not she goes it was like 10 no babe yep. add another 10 yep add a whole other 10 y- to that yarp. Mm-hmm. yarp not a fan not a fan not a fan you were only barely born yeah i was two you were barely motherfucking born i was two yeah and i was no i had just turned three when the first one came out because it was october very young of 2024 right uh for the first no i had just turned two I just turned two. Yeah, because the first film was in October. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, but oh, my dad's birthday. I wonder if that's one of the reasons why he maybe he likes this series. Maybe went and saw it for his birthday. Maybe. Maybe. I don't know. Did he write a comment? Yeah. I know you listen. Mm-hmm. Did you go see this for your birthday? How or, old were, or you? were you taking care of me? <laughs> what was it like? Yeah anyway <laughs> i mean because we talk a lot about like different horror franchises yeah but this is for some reason one of the first ones that i saw which because you which your must first mean horror that film he really likes this one yeah so you got you started with monsters you started with like the creature monsters yeah but what's funny is, is a lot of people are like oh what so are you like terrified of sharks no babe no nope. i love megalodons yes yeah, she does i want a megalodon tooth so bad don't know what i do with it don't know what you do with it because it's fucking massive but i want one (laughs) and i think they're so effing cool and i want them to exist so bad to this day i want them to not be extinct i want that theory that they're just swimming in the mariana trench to be real because fuck yeah i i I have a fascination of things that are gigantic yeah you know how people have you like know, a... for a damn fact Lo- loch ness is a dino oh yeah 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 facts uh, a sea facts, dino people facts not theories what do you mean facts Ugh. nessie is real nessie is real don't question it <laughs> <laughs> no but like there's a phobia of people have of ginormous things yes yes that is factual i have the opposite of the phobia i am so enthralled with things that are humongous i okay i don't know if i have i don't think i have a fear necessarily of that part but i know that i still have issues with the ocean and that's i know it spawns from a one-off time that i went to the beach with like my nana i think i i don't fucking remember but i know that i was walking on this like rocky substance and my did you get stung by a jellyfish no It's just like the rocky substance, it kind of had ledges to it. Mm -hmm. And so this was a fear of like falling because I was a little kid. Yeah. So there's this like vastness to this massive thing you're seeing. And it feels like you're going to fall off the edge if you step wrong. Mm -hmm. And so my brain just said there's a vastness and I'm going to (laughs) die. I mean, as a child? Till I was 16, Mm. I stayed only in the the crashing waves that's okay and i remember it didn't help when like you went to the beach that one time and you told me about the fish that you found in your it ruined a mini vacation that i i it made me so mad because my phobia just went 
skyrocketed the roof, yeah because it's like so for my 16th birthday we went to um key west and that was the first time i went to my neck in water wow in my life also shout out to that trip that was the best trip i've ever been on i was back. eight i was eight years old and i remember every single detail of the trip we need to go down back. to what i was wearing damn and like the food we ate i need and to go back because i want to be able to take pictures because i lost mm. all of my pictures i want to go back just so we can i can have an adult experience yes there. you want to have an adult experience there, and yes. have fun and yeah hang with our fam again because yeah. uh I want to relive that childhood core memory. Yeah. But it's one of those situations where it's like, um, man, I just, the the water was also, I, I was never afraid of sharks. I knew that they were a thing and I knew that they mm-hmm. were dangerous, but there are actually only five species of sharks that are actually dangerous to humans. Mm-hmm. So, And most of them aren't yeah most of them are not like there's a couple that get a little too close to humans which is why there are certain warnings but also certain just tide mean, like times. the east coast like there's not yeah. you don't hear because i think it's too warm for them is it not 100 percent certain or is it too cold no, i don't know no, because it's we get it do we do temperature. get we do get we get some, some of the dangerous but it's ones not, but not not as, as consistent yeah but it's one of those where it's like that one that you mentioned about the fish head mm-hmm. i literally we went swimming and i guess it, it had rained or stormed or whatever it was and i there was like a lot of seaweed mm-hmm. and we were swimming and i got back to the hotel room and i went to take my bathing suit off in the shower and as i took it off and i and i grabbed it there was just on the inside so touching my skin <laughs> on the inside touching my skin was the head yeah just the head of a fish attached to the inside of my bathing suit my skin is crawling okay stop (laughs) right along the bra line okay and i was like fuck that nonsense and i ruined our vacation because i could not bring myself to go near the water again Mm -hmm. couldn't and i felt so bad as a water sign the water really says fuck you but I love swimming. Oh, I know. He's I literally mermaid. have a mermaid tail. I know. So, like, it's a love of mine, but it's mm-hmm. just, like, sometimes it wants to fight me, and I'm like, fuck you. Yeah. Stop it. Mm-hmm. Be nice to me. Yeah. <sighs> All right. Back to the notes. We tangented. Again. Lot. That's okay. I like, I like chatting. I like chatting it up. <laughs> so. I'm conceited. I like the sound of my own voice. <laughs> no. I think it's yeah i kind of hate it (laughs) everyone always hates the sound of their own voice yeah because it's you know you hear it in your head but then you hear it recorded and you're just like ooh. (laughs) so this is interesting because it made me laugh there was a minor correction you had me do in in referring to the story as like a revenge thing oh as to use the word revenge Mm -hmm. whereas this is not a revenge story which is weird because this was a conversation with the director. I mean, it makes sense. At I least not in, not in John's mind. In his, in John's mind, it's, yes. this is not a revenge story. No, yeah. I mean, to everyone else, yeah. Yeah. But I, I get where John wouldn't see this as revenge. He sees it more as like a, 
oh, these people are fucked up. Let me redeem them. Well, yeah, because he's got this. So in the in the middle of the film, there's this like really compelling monologue that he does where he talks about the 37 people that were victimized before him, which culminated in the line. This is not retribution. It's a reawakening. Yeah. Yeah. And they think that this film was summarized in five words. That's literally what it was. That was the summary of the whole thing. Mm -hmm. The word revenge would be one of them, but not in the mind of John Kramer. Yeah. So maybe Amanda saw it as revenge because that's very much Amanda. Mm -hmm. And obviously all of the victims are like, ah. Yeah. All of the real victims. Mm. So there's definitely that. And then... in this interview he's like so what's kind of cool about dismembering people and bleeding people beyond just exploitation or gore exploitation or what have you is that there's a very ancient uh, resonance to it so one of the things that excited them about shooting in mexico city is that they've always been fascinated by the aztecs And the mass human sacrifices Mm. that went on in the middle of Mexico City 500 years ago. And uh, they always felt that the best horror has a kind of kinship to Greek tragedy. Which also spilled a lot of blood. Yeah. It also ends very badly for the main character consistently. So you can kind of view the Saw films as like a Greek epic. Mm Mm-hmm. As this Greek tragedy that's just continuously going on and feels kind of unending. Yeah. Which is fascinating because when you put it in that mentality, you can really see it as like a Greek tragedy. Is really fascinating. And I think would be a really weird like spin-off alternative version of the story, which would be really oh, weird. Yeah. Be very fascinating to see ancient greece yeah so this has to do this next little thing i have has to do with the acting and the casting start Mm -hmm. so obviously at the cast casting level you can be a pretty great actor but not necessarily be able to accomplish the kind of performance where you're really projecting dark emotions Mm-hmm. so this had to do with with the the comment that you kind of that you made in the last yeah, where one i was like well it's not really hard to climb through some barbed wire and scream which is what that guy did whereas particularly in the case of male actors fear mm-hmm. just that kind of pee in the pants fear yeah that a real person would feel while they're in a situation like this oh i would piss myself for real it's not easy to find and it's not always easy to coax out of a person that's fair because there's this it's also very vulnerable yeah it's an extremely vulnerable like to be terrified like that in front of other people like that you have to really expose yourself really and so they wanted to hire people that had demonstrated that they could do it that's where it began you wanted somebody who Mm -hmm. who wants to be there and really shows that so that was a really fascinating idea that there's this like method where you can when they're watching the auditions you can really see which people 
are more and less likely to give you the kind of performance you're looking for. Yeah. Which is definitely interesting. And then, obviously, in a lot of the scenes in the Saw series, including the one, many of them, but mainly, there's the prosthetics. Mm. Lots of prosthetics going on Lots. in this guy. So they had a team from L.A. called Fractured FX that built all of the stuff. Most of the actors had now to... they have the budget for it. Exactly. So many <laughs> of the movies actors had to actually travel from Mexico City to Los Angeles to have their bodies cast. Oh. And obviously that's a huge process. Mm-hmm. It's very intimate and it takes a oh, long yeah. time. Because you're you got to be naked. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And you are encased in some weird ass shit. Yep. Um, but the result is something pretty amazing, obviously. Mm-hmm. When you're in a saw trap where there's mechanical parts that have to be choreographed with what the actor is doing, with what the prosthetic team is doing, yeah. there's generally at least one person pumping blood. You've got lighting cues happening. There's a lot that can go wrong. So if you're just cut into, if you just cut into a prosthetic, of which there exists only one in the known universe. Oof. It's a big fucking deal. That's a lot of Yeah, you pressure. gotta get it right. You have to get it right. The first time. So, obviously... I'm sure lots and lots of rehearsal. That's really scary for an actor yeah. to know that, like, if I fuck up... That's it. That's it. And we just have to go with it. Or cut it completely. Yeah. Which may change the whole story. Mm-hmm. Which is wild. So... You obviously don't want to get so distracted by something that you blow the performance at that key moment. Mm -hmm. So there's a lot of rehearsal involved and just a lot of pumping up. So they had to pump up the actors. The actors had to get in the right place. And then everything had to be like a ballet, which is an interesting mentality. But you have to think about it like that Mm -hmm. because when it works, it's great. It's very hard to do CG blood. It's very difficult. They obviously had to do a little bit of it, but it's mostly real. All of it is them using practical effects, which just makes the film much more amazing because of the fact that they're more, they're practical. Yeah, because you can really see. Yes. The pulling and the pushing and the cutting and all of it. Yep. Because obviously there's some significant shots in this movie that don't have like we were saying, the digital work, which is kind of mind-blowing when you think about it. Yeah. And then, at least for the gnarly bits, there's a lot of handheld, for sure. They actually would go in handheld for the cameras. So they wanted to play on on an homage to... They wanted to play on an homage to James Wan's trick of putting... A circular dolly track around somebody and then just under cranking and zooming in and out using those little pieces even if they might only be one to five frames long to interject extra energy into the scenes the mm-hmm. lighting is much more overt to the sort of giallo reference way that james did saw And that continues for a while into the Saw series. Even though they shot digitally, 
they roughed it up with grain and post-production a bit and the general aggress aggressive handheld style our um dp nick matthews not only lit the whole film but he shot it as well he was holding the camera and really got into the actor action there and made the camera kind of a character and so that's kind of the feeling that they were going with and they wanted it to feel like it was the original saw film so they had a lot of visual elements to the filming style to the graphic style that would be a tie-in to that original film even though it is their most modern film that they have so yeah i feel like you can you can tell that mm -hmm. it really fits in yeah um, even if it is 20 years older exactly so what you got for miss i have a bunch of stuff about fake doctors yeah hell yeah which is a real ass thing and it's really unfortunate you just heard mm -hmm. our rant earlier yep so fucking buckle up um just depending on when this article is written just last year oh shit a teenager yes in florida oh, of course named malachi love robinson yes oh my god i know about this yeah he opened his own medical practice he had paid staff yes he did and he even performed ex like physical exams on yes. patients uh he just graduated from high school mm -hmm. took he bought a degree yes he did in divinity from so the universal stupid. life church seminary yep that lets you put doctor in front of your name and he bought that for 29.95 yep so it's crazy that that even was able to happen yeah he only got found out when an undercover agent from the sheriff's office went into his clinic and posed as a patient um after they did that, they tweeted, they sent out a tweet and they said, just because you saw a season of Grey's Anatomy doesn't mean you can practice medicine. <laughs> right. That is factual. Mm -hmm. You have to, do you have any idea how long it takes for people to become doctors mm -hmm. to get that name, especially medical doctors? Holy shit, it takes a long time. Yeah, there are lots of cases throughout history about people posing as doctors and yep. just getting away with it for years which is fucking sometimes. wild in india so many people so many unqualified people are getting arrested that a charity is now trying to train them yes. so that they can work in the medical field legitimately yes that's yep. crazy that it happens that often there was an instance in australia where there was a fake psychiatrist um named nora zakardas Mm. She spent years conducting medical examinations, giving out prescriptions, and even advising friends and family members, uh, despite having zero qualifications. That's fucking insane. Yeah. She was able to fool her own doctor. What? Yeah. She allowed her to sit in on her examinations um, and access, like, patients' medical records and stuff. That's insane. You're literally handing her, like, the keys to the kingdom eventually somebody was suspicious of everything and said that it might be like worthwhile to bring it up with the medical board and check zacardus yeah if they were registered 
Yeah, because you have to register with the medical board. Yeah. This was in Australia. So the Australian Health Practitioner Regulation Agency mm-hmm. said that since 2014, it has prosecuted 17 unregistered practitioners and eight more that are pending. Wow. Mm-hmm. It doesn't sound like a lot, but it is a lot of people. There is an actual psychiatrist who is actually qualified Dr. Danny Sullivan, he says that successful fake doctors follow similar patterns. They restrict themselves to a couple procedures or activities that other people won't necessarily determine that they're inept in. Mm. And gradually, as they develop the bravado or the skill to pass themselves off more effectively, they might then move to try things that are more ambitious. So if they're successful, it's because they've started off as reasonably humble and then only gradually ramped up what they're doing which is crazy that they would even get to that point yes there are a lot more stories that are way more horrific as men posing as gynecologists oh my god yeah Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and where that's going yes yeah Mm -hmm. that's all it says about that but it also talks about how a lot of fake doctors prey on societies like most vulnerable people yeah most vulnerable people which is really important yeah so it's 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 really important to understand that like those are the most desperate people that are seeking like real yeah needing real help Mm -hmm. and people just taking advantage of that is really fucked up yeah they'll mostly target like small ethnic or minority communities yep. and non-english speaking patients yep to exploit that vulnerability yeah. uh which is really sad um there's another person um well actually it's it's also apparent in trans communities yeah which is so unfortunate in really 2015 south florida mm. south florida fucking florida. um this is crazy. South Florida's O'Neill Ron Morris, who was a trans woman herself, she was arrested after administering illegal cosmetic injections to a number of trans women and to their face and their butt, and they all became disfigured. Yeah. Because it was a supposed silicone mixture. Yeah. That contained cement. Yes. Super glue. I remember hearing and about And a this. lot of other toxic substances now that you're saying cement i was like mm-hmm. i was thinking like is this the cement lady yeah because i know that there was one mm-hmm. that like had some really fucked up shit that they were injecting into people yeah. one victim died of acute respiratory failure and then all the other ones were just permanently damaged and i can't like yeah. there's there's okay there's a part of it that's kind of like the was this was that that fucked up mentality of Real doctors won't provide this gender-affirming care, so I have to seek a backwater alternative. There's no And way. they just got fucked. You're yeah. talking about Florida. Yeah. I'm sure. There's some fuck what shit going on What is crazy to me is that it was also a trans woman who was doing yes. harm to these people. Yes. But that's what I'm saying. Is it the mentality of yeah. just we need this kind of gender affirming care and, this and is i'm a trans going person, to attempt so 
oh to solve this by doing this but i fucked up in the I process i really don't know about that and that's the problem is that i don't know because it's because unfortunately just the medical industry at least in regards to florida and the trans community is just a little all over the place yeah right now there is another instance that's like closer to this movie mm-hmm. where it um there was a doctor in california keith allen barton he was a 50 year old guy who mm-hmm. promised patients that he was a medical genius and that he could <laughs> cure their hiv and their cancer he would charge them a lot of money yeah and then of course didn't follow through yeah he was sentenced to six years in prison in 2013 yeah so he's already out i mean it not it's not it's not accurate to what we're talking about necessarily but it's got like that similar vein of someone lying to you about medical shit resulting in someone having criminal action put against them Hmm. um is making me think about gypsy rose right because she just recently got out yeah she got out Mm -hmm. um everyone's obsessed with her now oh yeah it's kind of crazy it's all over the place it's because of just all the shit that happened i mean her she had literally munchausen by proxy that shit is like some fucked shit man yep and you know it's 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 a similar concept it's being lied to your whole life and like you know what's your result and her result was oh i'm gonna tell someone to off my mother yeah because she's the pinnacle of my problems yeah there's a lot of theories with that as well like yeah that it's really uh, there's so much they're they're profiting off of exploiting her again there's so much going on yeah like they don't even know if she's going to keep the name that she has what gypsy rose mm-hmm. just because of the mom like her mom and everything and yeah she has no idea it, like it's kind of all over it's all in the wind right now so it's but that's like it makes me think about that in regards to this because it's that yeah. violent result of being told oh you've been lying to me this whole time mm-hmm. so it makes me think about it in that regard at least yep but yeah, that's all I got. So some one starzels review. Mm-hmm. Uh, this one says it saw I had to watch, but it felt like someone asked me for a ride, then climbed in my car, turned my music off and put their bare feet on my dash. Total vibe killer. Yeah. Weird. Very weird. <laughs> I mean, because it... it... <sighs> I don't know. I think I think the part of the reason why some people think it that way is just because it is kind of very removed tonally from the rest of the Saw films. Like it's obviously it's a Saw film. We're following the characters we know. Mm-hmm. But it's it's like one step it's like the cousin to the Saw film. It's like a sibling. Yeah. Instead of like the original style, mm-hmm. which I feel like is a growing point. It shows a modern interpretation that's used as technically the second film yeah. and fits in beautifully into the story, but gives you more of an understanding of why he is the way he is. Mm-hmm. So I don't know. I would accept 
well, would I accept John Kramer as a passenger? Well, yeah, I would. I'd accept him as a passenger in my car. Out of fear. Yes. I don't mm. want to know what would happen if I said no. Yeah. Mm. I mean, he would just sit in the passenger seat and ask me how my day was. And you would say that, oh, the smallest slip up that you... The smallest fuck up. Mm-hmm. That makes you seem like you don't appreciate your life or mm. you're over. It's done. Mm-mm-mm. Just be like, hey, yeah. let's listen to let's listen to some some music and hang out yeah. for a minute. Where do you need to be dropped off? How long am I going to be in the car with you? <laughs> um, Here's another one. It says, honestly, I was very let down by this movie. It's 2023, folks. The Saw series has been years in the making. You would think that the director would understand Kramer's character. Clearly, they didn't. The games weren't games. They were murder, which is not Kramer's style. The murder makes sense when they are the accomplices or copycats because they were killers, not Kramer. Valentina performed her duty, yet met death. Mateo performed his duty, yet met death. Gabriella won her game, but was murdered. Something this lame depiction of Kramer seems to have foreseen. John Kramer is a character about rehabilitating his trap victims. Not a single victim was rehabilitated. The victims completed their challenges and still died. This is a horrible addition to the Saw series. The director should be ashamed. I'm sorry. What a bold fucking Did you pay statement. the fuck attention in this film? Right. All of those bitches died because of their own fault. They, if they had just completed it, yeah. they would have survived. Yeah. But because they just hemmed and hawed for so long at the beginning, they spent, each one of those motherfuckers spent so much time mm-hmm. just f- hemming and hawing and bitching and freaking. And mm-hmm. I'm just like, just do it. What are you wasting your time? But like that's what I'm saying. Like it, at that point, it is like minutes. Just fucking if you do it. were in that situation, because I'm thinking if I were in that situation, I'd be dead. I'd be dead. I'd be dead. I would have cut straight through my leg. Mm. I would have just fucking full on. I would have blacked out, mm. but I would have lived. Oof, oof, because. Your will to live is strong. My will to live is strong. <laughs> is strong. My will to live is powerful. Yeah. But I have a fear of death. Yeah. For very specific reasons yeah. and not the reasons that most people have. And it is intense. Mm-hmm. I refuse. I would be like the ideal person for John Kramer to come across. Yeah. Because I'd be like, ah, no reason. Fantastic. Yeah. You, you would never you. be in that situation. I would never be in that situation. There would never be a moment where I would be in that situation. Unless you fuck someone over like Valentina. Yes. Which which is very specific. Yeah. However, Valentina did not perform her duty. She did not get all the bone marrow out. No. That he wanted. Mateo did not perform his duty. He did no. not get all the brain out. No. That was needed. Because they hemmed and bitched and hawed for yeah. too fucking long. Gabriella won. But John Kramer didn't murder her. John Kramer didn't murder her. He that was, was Cecilia. He was pissed that she got killed. Yeah. Because she was supposed to be left alive. That was not a part of his plan. He said, John Kramer is a character about rehabilitating rehabilitating his trap victims. Not a single victim was rehabilitated. Again. They never got 
Gabriella never got the chance to be rehabilitated because she fucking was murdered. Mm -hmm. And the two, the person who murdered her deserved to die. Yep. Because they were literal villains. Mm -hmm. He gave the other ones chances. They just fucked up and took too long. Gabriella was the only one who was like, fuck it. And she's the only one who successfully got out of her fucking trap. Yeah. Literally the only one. Some wild shit. Yeah. Some wild shit, man. Anyway, I think... Yeah. I'm gonna end it there. Yeah. So... That's what I got. Pretty good. I mean... So, obviously, this is our kickoff for our summer of blood. Even though it's not really summer. It is spring. It is spring. It is our spring. And it is still cold. Yeah. We are springing the gore onto you yes, <laughs> yes we are me, me. knee slapper me. <laughs> but you know it follows suit with the rest of some of the films that are coming out that'll be kind of more classics but are you know bloody filled and creepy and all that kind of stuff sure. but we definitely saw that this was the perfect month for it because there is exactly five five fridays mm-hmm. and there are 10 movies so, if so we it do works out two? perfectly two a week so be go. ready. This whole month is nothing but saw and gore and gore and blood. Not that we're really going into depth about the blood, but it's there. I feel like mostly we talked about doctors in this. Well, yeah, we talked a little bit of the blood. Yeah, a little bit of that. Mm-hmm. We got into some of the gory stuff. Yeah, we talked about poop chocolate. Yeah, so you know. Yeah, yummy, gross. <laughs> Just makes me think about trick or treat and the poop uh, throw up the the like chocolate throw up. Mm-mm. Oh, oh yeah, thanks. gross. Yeah, I gross. mean, you know, I like I liked this conversation. Yeah, it was very back and forth, very yeah. bouncy. Yeah, bounced around a lot. So obviously, next week will be our saw part two. Woot woot. So look forward to that. You know, do the thing: like, comment, subscribe, five star review. Um, tell us, I mentioned that coma theory. Tell us what you think. Do you think that that could be a possibility? Send us an email at horrorunmasked at gmail.com. Um, then obviously go over and follow us on Instagram and Twitter at Horror Unmasked. Listen to us on Spotify and iTunes at Horror Unmasked Podcast. And subscribe to our YouTube channel at Horror Unmasked Podcast. Eventually we will be adding some more things. Look forward to that into the future. Indeed. And I think with that, there's only one thing left to ask. Will you fear or will you fear not? <laughs> <laughs>